0: Got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat to the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's gonna get over. But he was absolutely knocked back into next by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the outside.
1: Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gable and I'm once again joined in a room filled with Bath fans. That is Charlie. Hi, Gabriel. And that is Tom. Hi, boys. Happy April Fool's. Yeah, um, yeah. How are we People doing?
2: Beyond, yes. beyond
1: Be on red alert for anything that you may... Um, when you tell me that Andre
0: Pollard signed later on in the podcast, I'll, I'll know that uh, that it's April Fools now. There's <laughs> yeah, so. been a few good ones, actually. Obviously, the classic uh, annual Andy Gould is coming out of retirement <laughs> to, to save Newcastle. What else did I see? Um, what about Eddie Jones signing on for the Lions? So, uh, yeah, that me yeah. for a couple and, of seconds. And Mike uh, Ford signing for Leicester as well. That was probably the best of the lot, I reckon. <laughs>
1: yeah, from, unfortunately for Leicester fans, that is a harsh reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the band is back together. Yeah, I know. We had our band back together last week. Leicester are putting it back um, there as well. So to come on this podcast, we're going to look ahead uh, to next week's massive game against Bristol at Twickenham in The Clash. We're also going to look a little bit at Bath's confirmed ins and outs and maybe highlight an area or two that we think still needs to be strengthened with next season in mind. But firstly, boys, a quick chat about
2: um, what was a brilliant weekend of, of European rugby. Yeah, Christ! Some of some of the games were absolutely fantastic. The one I'd like to point out most was definitely that uh, that Sunday game, the uh, Rassing against yeah. Toulouse. Yeah. Unbelievable game, you know, <laughs> Unbelievable performance from Toulouse as well to to, to win that fourteen men. Uh, just yeah, how how racing didn't win it? I don't really know, but yeah, some absolutely fantastic tries. Unbelievable running and rug, running rugby. Uh, but yeah,
0: I said I had a great weekend just uh, in, enjoying all of it. What do you, what yeah. do you think, Tom? Well, it, it just begs the question that I think everyone is everyone is saying um, after watching particularly that game on the Sunday is why can't the French team um, play anything like mm. that with any sort of consistency? <laughs> yeah. um, and all I'll say is thank God that they, they can't because I think England would really struggle um, uh, come come World Cup time yeah. if they start playing like either Toulouse or Racing it was amazing and it was amazing as well not to have any skin in the game mm, it was amazing to sit down for a weekend and just enjoy good rugby without sort of the looming fear that um, you know Bath would, uh, Bath would bottle it or, or, or worse actually win <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah I think it was great and I,
1: I think because we went out to Toulouse um, I kind of have a bit of an affinity with the club. We had such a great weekend, the people yeah. were really nice to us, and so I kind of was um I'm well and truly on the, the Toulouse bandwagon, which is really some picking up some some momentum. And 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 just quickly looking at the, the semi-finals, we spoke about the, the group of death before the start of the competition. Well, two of the teams in Bath's group have ended up in the semi-finals actually playing against each other. So just proves just how tough a task Bath did have getting out of that
2: group in the first place. Yeah, so so don't worry too much. Ready. It's all right. It's <laughs> well, all right. I was going to
0: say. Toulouse potentially got through uh, thanks to thanks to Mr. Burns's uh, mistake, and, and potentially uh, Leinster, obviously the other team you mentioned there, got through as a result of a similar error by uh, none other than
2: Jacob Stockdale. Yeah, he, he so was, uh, he he was there in the crowd watching uh, w- watching uh, watching uh, his brother Billy. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Stockdale just. Uh, looked up at him uh, just got got that that freddie burns fear just <laughs> boring into his eyes and dropped the ball over the line. contagious by the yeah. Mix, it.
1: <laughs> yeah anyway boys um any other points you want to make about the european or should we get stuck into to the clash
0: yeah no let's let's talk about the clash come on
1: yeah, yeah. So, so before we talk about about this game uh, in particular, guys, you know, I understand, you know, I recognise that this game has been going on for two years now, but this is the first time we've been able to talk about it on this podcast. So, Tom, what do you kind of, how do you feel about this sort of concept? I know some Bath fans are slightly, you know, annoyed that a home game has been moved to Twickenham. Uh, how do you feel about, about the sort of concept of the clash?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was probably in that camp um, initially, you know, when it was announced that, There'd be three um, home games. Initially, it was announced that they'd all be against against Leicester. You're obviously um, slightly slightly sceptical. Um, sort of a few you know comments I know made on social media recently about it being sort of a money grabbing exercise um, for the club, etc. And I probably yeah, I probably um, went to the first uh, clash a couple of years ago, like you say against Leicester, probably with that feeling. Um, to an extent but you know when you got to Twickenham in that first year um, it was covered in sort of blue black and white there were flags everywhere I think there were 60,000 people um, that year as there are I think going to be on Saturday Mm. and obviously the result of that game in the bright Twickenham sunshine of the two Anthony Watson tries um, to win it late on um, I think I was sort of won over by that and won over by Mm. the occasion Um, and it's a fantastic opportunity you know um, For Bar fans to, to get up to London to go to HQ to give our boys some experience of playing um, in that sort of environment. So uh, yeah, I think after that first year, I was I was pretty sold, and I'm certainly absolutely buzzing to, to go on Saturday. Yeah, definitely, it, it's it's an amazing spectacle. I remember I, I went I went in the first year, couldn't go last year,
2: but uh, they they did it was a fantastic effort from the club to make it actually feel like a home game. You know, the, 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 you know, the atmosphere in the ground was definitely centered around Bath and everything was Bath related. And, uh, I, I think, I think you do think it's actually quite a good idea. Obviously there was that skepticism about surrendering a home game really. Uh, but 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 I think uh, I think going up there having a having a full day out it's a fantastic way to get you know more people involved with the club as well. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people who 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 do do have affiliations with the club and they want to go and watch, but just because of where they live, um, they they're not able to get to the wreck every weekend like we are being so lucky. But um, uh, yeah. So in 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 that respect, yeah. it's it's a great way. I, I know. Almost everybody who has got anything to do with Bath is is, is somehow managed to get themselves a ticket yeah. and, uh, and and get up there. I think it was so difficult, sort of, not to be
1: won over after that that first that yeah. first game against Leicester. Just the whole package, the day—it was such a beautiful day. It was against Leicester. It was quite an important game at the time, and the way we sort of came back to win—it would have been very difficult, I think, to have left that game thinking, "Oh, that was um, that was a terrible idea, and that that was a rubbish day out." I think. Having been to that one, I was kind of sold as as you were, Tom, in, in saying that this this is a fantastic idea. Can't wait for for next year, and I, as as you say, Tom, I certainly can't wait for for Saturday.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, the next year, uh, Tom, that was slightly different, slightly different emotions, <laughs> yeah. though, wasn't it? Uh, as we we didn't come out victors on uh, last year. So,
0: yeah, tough day. And I'd probably, I'd probably, probably this year prefer actually to be playing, uh, to be playing Leicester again than uh, yeah. than, than Bristol, but uh, not quite the same force they were last season at times.
1: Yeah, I think you certainly predicted that uh, Bristol would be, um, would be down by Christmas. You certainly didn't predict <laughs> no, that Leicester. This, this
0: Christmas, Christmas, Christmas 2019 is what I meant. Well, they're still, they're not out of the woods either. They're no. still... Probably those four teams that are still potentially um, looking at a drop. So, uh, um, but I think the closer uh, Leicester get to the bottom of the table, sort of the louder the voices become around uh, ring fencing. So it'll be yeah, interesting to see yeah. how that progresses. I, I think um, if if they carry on losing,
2: I think the current situation at the bottom of the table does actually make it the more exciting, interesting end because extra oh extra actually qualified when they beat us uh, for, yeah. for, for 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 the playoffs already, and it that that's that's the extra Saracens seem so far gone. And then uh, kind of Gloucester, Gloucester and Quins have kind of pulled themselves uh, above the rest, and it's going to be tough for any other team to sneak in there. Fingers crossed for us blue, black, and white boys, but uh, it does make it you know, a very exciting prospect. Considering yeah. Leicester have never even finished in the bottom half of the table, mm. I wonder. I wonder what a Welford Road in the Championship would look like. Would be, yeah, a, as a Bath fan, it would. It would be one of the one of the more sweet feelings watching them. Uh, watching them <laughs> spend. Spend a six. Uh, is it spend them um, a twelve months going away to, uh, to, to Jersey or, yeah. <laughs> or Rotherham. Yeah, I think the bottom of the table is fascinating
1: and, and, and kind of part of that bottom of the table. It is so. T- And so teams that are uh, are sort of fighting against relegation also have one eye on top six as well. Look at a team like Bristol and and they're kind of in the middle of that that sort of scenario that I'm talking about. If you're a Bristol fan, you're still not sure whether to, to look up at, at the top six. You know They're only three points behind behind Bath and Bath are in, in seventh place. But then as you say, Tom, they're still not out the woods in terms of relegation. And I, I completely agree with you, Charlie. That end of the table uh, has been definitely the more fascinating end of the table this season
2: yeah definitely um but you know perhaps we should actually look on to the game mm. itself so uh, obviously the last time we played bristol was that devastating opening fixture of the season uh, i think tom homer will will be having uh, having a, a couple of choice words to himself in the change room beforehand uh, when included not uh, not uh, dotting balls down properly we've already yeah, mentioned speaking of which yeah, exactly. um but yeah so uh, it's it's going to be yeah. a hell of hell of a game both sides are going to be completely. Uh, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's almost a must-win game for both sides. If we need to actually solidify ourselves in the top six and really make a challenge for that top four this game is this game is where it's gonna it's gonna rely yeah so
0: for me looking at it sort of before we talk about any specifics like I think one of the areas we fell down in that first game in the season at Ashton Gate was that we let the occasion get to us a little bit it was obviously the first uh, game at Ashton Gate following the rebranding all the money that gone mm. into the club um, Pierre Tau George Smith um, uh, the arrivals of, of those guys obviously and I think we we did get a little bit overawed um, by an occasion and by a match that we probably should have won um, and now just looking at at Saturday, um, I think there's an argument to say that Bristol potentially um, could get a little bit overawed by the occasion. I, I was listening to an interview with uh, Pat Lamb, who got the squad... Um, in a room at the start of the week um, or, or start of last week, sorry, and basically said how many in this room have actually played at Twickenham? And apparently not many of the squad actually put their hand up. Mm. So it's going to be a big, big occasion for those guys, obviously turning out in front of 60,000 people. Um, it's going to be blue, black and white everywhere, as we say. And I know there are some experienced guys um, in the ranks. They're very, very well led and very, very well coached. Um, Lua Tua, um, Ian Madigan, um, particularly, I think, Chris Fuey as well. Really experienced mm. guys. Who I think bring on um, the younger guys in the team, um, but I do think if we can sort of start fast, if we can get a get a, get a good start, put a bit of pressure on, get the crowd behind us, that um, yeah, they could be a bit sort of rabbit in the headlights. To be honest, I don't know what you boys think.
2: Yeah, certainly, uh, and I, I I completely agree with you because you know what, what you're saying about uh, about the, the Twickenham factor will play a huge part. We have got a lot of international players who who are who are you know Twickenham itself. They've they've played there many many times. Uh, but if you haven't played international rugby, you know the largest crowd you've probably gone up against is what 20 30,000 maybe mm. and as you say Tom 60,000 tickets sold already and it's it's, 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 it's going to be a, that's double the amount. it's going to be you know, a, a real step up in, in atmosphere mm. intensity is going to be there you no. Know, those, those things can really really have an impact on the game yeah and a lot of the guys that we playing for bath
1: on Saturday I would imagine will have played in in either one or two of the games in the previous years as well so so I think we will have the advantage in terms of the the Twickenham experience but but then I look at I look at Bristol and and, and every sort of every hurdle they seem to come across in the Premiership um, and and in Europe and up until last weekend when they lost to the La Rochelle they seem to just take it with 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 no fear I look at a few a few of their their younger guys sort of Harry Randall, um, Pierson, O'Connor—those sort of guys spring to mind—and and they, they're just playing fearless rugby at the moment. And, and whilst I accept that perhaps they may, may be overawed, you know they may rise to the the occasion um, like they have done so often this season. I think,
2: yeah, definitely, you could have that element of inspiration mm. to their game, I guess. But that is something uh, that I guess also. You know, before we get into the uh, into the actual you know, tactics and uh, and potential winning and, and losing points in the game, is that Bristol. Have played this weekend just gone and they didn't exactly put out put out a second string team. It was it was it was it was all guns blazing and they managed they well they managed to lose. They they came out losers on on the day uh, against against La Rochelle. and quite it wasn't, heavy yeah thirty nine fifteen yeah, yeah not 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 a great result for them considering they are obviously trying to target that and they they they're, they're, they're going to have tired legs. We've had boys rested up this week uh, and yeah it's, it's 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 our main focus. It's, I guess that's the only. Uh, the only blessing that we've got from being knocked out of Europe so <laughs> early was that was that we can just come you in know, full concentration on on the league and uh yeah this is one of those weekends where we're really going to have to make that count because otherwise what was the point in you know what was the what was the point in uh, getting knocked out so easily <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so let's move on to to
1: the game itself now, and and Tom, is there an area that that you particularly like to highlight as an area where where you think the the game will will be won or lost on Saturday?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think we can sort of go through. Um, so just look through sort of the Bristol side that played La Rochelle, as you mentioned, uh, Charlie, and I think like man for man, sort of there aren't many um, sort of players that I would switch in and have in the Bath team from that Bristol team sheet. Probably Stephen Luatua to mention one, uh, maybe in Madigan. But I don't. Yeah. I don't actually think there are many. And gee, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago prior to the XA game. We are very, very good on paper. Unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't always uh, translate to the to the surfaces that we play rugby on these days so I I think we could go through the sort of position groups I think we'd find um, you know potentially that we'd have the edge anyway but I think it's going to come down to sort of the style of play that we try and implement so you've mentioned that the young guys at Bristol in particular have been given a license to play from anywhere at times it's almost seemed ridiculous that they're trying to throw the ball Mm. around against top defensive outfits from inside their uh, five meter line inside their 22 even sort of behind the goal line I've seen sort of on a couple a couple of occasions and you know one area that's been consistently strong for us um, this year has been our defensive press um, I think particularly sort of in the in the narrower channels sort of off, off first phase and then when we've had uh, Jonathan Joseph um, and Jamie Roberts in the centres obviously very very good defensive centres I think we've looked we've looked really good in that area as well. So I think one area where, where we'll be we'll be highlighting uh, this week and leading up to the game is getting that defensive press um, really fast, um, really sort of cohesive as well um, and trying to put pressure and make sure, sort of make them execute um, their skills under pressure and in the environment that, that they're going to be playing in.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you to an extent, but I also think that that, that front row is going to be big for scrum time. I, I I don't know if you caught the game at the weekend, Tom, where the, the La Rochelle Bristol game. Those are my boys. Yeah, well, Danny, La Danny Preso <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This is my team away you, from home. You, you, you should see. Uh, uh, scrum time was 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 a big area of doubt for Bristol. I yeah. thought there was uh, there was you know, uh, one pushover try from the scrum. You no, know, the Maul looked extremely dangerous for yep. La Rochelle, and we we've highlighted that as an area of strength for Bath mm. this this season. At yeah. times, certainly, yeah, yeah, at times, and I, I, I think that has got to be area we
0: we, yeah. we make
2: the most of. I because... think that comes
0: back to the same point, actually. I think I think we're kind of saying the same thing in a way that if you don't have a, a solid base um, at scrum time, at the breakdown, or you're getting sort of a, you're playing against a very fast defensive press, it's really difficult to try and execute your skills and like play that sort of attacking game that, that Bristol tried to play. So, mm. completely mm. agree with you. And, and you know, we only have to look at the clash last year um, where I think we fielded a particularly weak. Um, front row I think Palmer Newport was up against Ellis Gen Delmas yeah and he, he he really struggled and it, it just makes um, it just makes life so difficult as we've seen so many times in this sport so yeah c- completely agree I think that's a good point
1: yeah I, I highlighted Certainly, the, the the sort of front five of Bath as an area, um, uh, uh, and I agree, Tom, with what you say about how if we went through each position group, we may find that Bath were, were sort of stronger on paper. But I think that certainly applies in in the front five and in the pack, and and that's just sort of exemplified by the fact that that Bristol have uh, have sort of broken the already pretty. Um, pretty well-used bank to, to sign Dave Atwood, you know, showing perhaps that they they believe themselves that, that they need a bit more, uh, sort of, malice and a bit yeah. more weight in that front five. We
0: signed uh, Jordan Crane as well, don't forget that. high-class <laughs> signing. <laughs> yeah. Just going back to something slightly more serious,
2: uh, but yeah, it's... I do agree with you on the defensive press because I think if we do let Bristol play that game that they want to play, or I think we saw it when we visited them at Ashton Gate. They 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 got off to no they they got to to a reasonably good start and they they made, uh, uh, I mean Luke Moraghan had an absolutely fantastic game and you know, ran us to pieces. But uh, if we allow them to do that and they they kind of get their tails up, so to speak, then uh, I think that's then when we're going to suffer. So I want mm. to, uh, as you say, get that defensive press up. Get in their faces! Don't give them any room, and make them make them play a more tactical kicking game, or make them suffer the consequences. Yeah.
0: anything you were gonna? You yeah, were gonna yeah
2: just on just on the
1: uh, on the front row, Tom, and and as our resident tire prop. Who would you go for on the other side of the scrum at a loose head prop? Would you you throw uh, Abano in for a start or would you keep it um, with the the trio that we've gone for so successfully, I think, this season?
0: I'd definitely keep it as is, to be honest. I think Abano, um, the sort of player he is, he's so powerful. He kind of needs a little bit of match intensity to get himself back to um, sort of that powerful game that he plays. And I think he has looked a little bit... Um, off the pace. Obviously, he is match fit. He's been training for a long time, but it is slightly different um, at match intensity. Um, Nathan Cat. Um, you know, I've sung his praises all season. He's been absolutely fantastic. Mm. One of the players um, of the season. I think it will be key, actually, when um, you know we do get the announcement from Farley House on Henry Thomas Um because mm. he obviously injured um, injured his injured his ankle um, in the last game. So I think if Don't he's think. if he's not fit um that's a sort of significant um uh, you know there's a bit of a drop down I think to to whoever be filling in uh, for him and that will probably change um how effective we're going to be at that set piece and just
1: moving on from someone who's got an ankle injury to someone that's just coming back from an ankle injury Sam Underhill Tom might we see him thrown back in to to start on Saturday yeah I
0: I think we might you know um I, I would not be surprised if if they sort of you know big occasion getting back in ultimately he's Um, Gunning for a World Cup uh, place. So I don't think he's going to be in any mood to be getting eased back into the the 15. And I'd, I'd, you know, our form would really like to to see him start. Maybe um, put Francois Lowe to six um, and have Zach Mercer and then have um, uh, Tom Ellis coming off the bench potentially is probably, yeah, probably what I think I'd go for. Yeah, Yeah, I think I'd. Something
1: similar. Sounds like a pretty good back row. And then just finally on the uh, final two things actually on the on the selection thing. And I, I'd like to make a case actually to, to start Max Green uh, on Saturday. Um, I've, it's going to be a dry day um, and we've spoken about how Bristol uh, like to play sort of an open, open style of game. And I, I think we will as well. I think we're going to have to score tries on Saturday. And I, I think perhaps we're starting to become, um, I don't think Chudley's had his best last couple of weeks. And I think we are starting to look a little bit laboured in attack and around the breakdown. So I'd like to see that freshened up and I'd really like to see Green given a chance um, to start on Saturday. He's, he's really fallen down the pecking order, much to, to my disappointment, certainly. So I would, uh, I'd really like to see him start and then Chudley to come off the bench to, to see it out. I think
2: that's... Yeah, pretty good. Uh, pretty good suggestion.
0: There, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not so sure. To be honest, I think you're right. He has fallen down the pecking order, and I think yeah, Will Chudley's not had his his best couple of games. But for me, another area where I think we're gonna gonna need to target is that territorial kicking game, um, mm. with obviously Charles Piertel, um out and not playing for. For Bristol, Piers O'Connor will most likely be starting um at fullback. Obviously you've mentioned he's a young guy. Tom Pinkus, another young guy's been playing on the wing for Bristol. So um I think yeah, one thing that Prieston and Chudley have done well together is kick for the corners. Um and I think yeah, obviously the expansive um ground of Twickenham as we saw um against France in the Six Nations, um it can be um it, it, it can be a, a serious a seriously potent weapon, I think. So yeah, I'd go Chudley and then a bit of pace to come off the bench in Max Green. <laughs>
2: No, actually, now, now, now you say it, Tom. I might, I might flip my uh, oh. agreement there with you, Gabriel. Sorry, uh, yeah. he
0: leans either side uh, of the fence, yeah, <laughs> half, uh, yeah.
2: hopping from one to the other. No, that is that is a fair point. And anyway, as you say, we we talked about the Twickenham factor and putting Max Green in for a start would definitely be the biggest uh, the biggest game of uh, of his mm. career probably. And uh, I think, yeah, having spoken about controlling. Uh, Bristol's Bristol's running game, perhaps Chudley would be the wiser selection there. But I, I can I can I can see the point of view that you are coming from. <laughs> uh, perhaps yeah, the, these running the, these these games in the in, in the running, uh, better weather perhaps mm. give give yeah. Green more of a shot. And then
1: and then finally, I, I use the ankle to segue, and I'll use uh, your mention of Charles Pieter to segue from one injured fullback to hopefully one now fit fullback, and that is Anthony Watson. Ooh.
0: Will this be uh, Anthony's uh, much-awaited return? Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're not sure, are we? Until we hear from Farley House, we know he's been... Um, sort of in full training, um, so sort of we know he's been running and been looking really sharp. So maybe it will be a you know a good opportunity to to, to stick him on the bench. But um, you know, as we've spoken about previously, if he's not 100% fit to start, I'm not sure he should be um risk mm. on the bench. So uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll just see on Friday yeah. to be honest. Interesting to
1: see the team yeah. selection. Certainly a couple of areas there. Um, and let us know before the team is announced. Um, get in touch with us on Twitter with, with with your thoughts on Bath's team selection. That's at Bath Rugby Plug. Right then, guys, let's move away from the clash and we'll come back to it at the end to give a little prediction. But before we end the podcast, um, I think now, as we've had a week off, it might be quite a nice time to sort of look at Bath's confirmed ins and outs um, and also look at the guys that are still out, that are due to be out of contract in the summer and perhaps therefore be able to highlight one or two areas where we, we feel that the club still has a little bit of work to do um, to improve for next season. So I'll just give you guys a quick list. So the confirmed ins at Farley House are Lewis Boyce, Will Stewart, Christian Judge, all three prop forwards, and Mike Williams and Josh McNally, um, both sort of lock slash back row cover, um, as well as that Miles Reed and Will Vaughan have been promoted um, sort of from the academy. The confirmed outs are Dave Atwood. And, well, Reese Priestland, although that is confirmed, but uh, appears like that may be, um, he may be offering a new contract. So uh, we'll discuss that in a minute. And then the final, the players in the final year of their contract are Jack Van Ruen, Michael Van Vuren, Ross Batty, Max Laheef, Anthony Peronisi, Luke Charteris, Paul Grant, Khan Fotoaliti, Jack Wilson, Cooper Vuna and James Wilson so 11 guys there still uh sort of out of contract Tom of those 11 guys is there one guy you sort of feel you, you you'd be surprised if they didn't uh get renewed a new contract or, um, or can you see all of them sort
0: of being being let go I don't think all of them will be let go that's obviously a pretty significant part of what is it a 40 45 man squad something like that I think I'll be very surprised if if Ross Batty goes mm, I think that's um, the one. Yeah. yeah I think he he you know Obviously, Jack Walker's come through as probably uh, the second choice now. Um, and obviously, Ross Batty's not covered himself in glory on a couple of occasions getting getting Simbin and, and red carded this season. But I think he is a quality operator. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, you need three... Um, you need three sort of uh, quality hookers. There's no one I can really think of coming through um, in the academy now. So I think Ross Batty will, will get re-signed. But of of a lot of the names there, to be honest, I think guys who haven't played much, I'm thinking of of Jack Wilson. James Wilson's been unlucky with with injury as well. Cooper Vuna, um, I'm, I'm not so sure with, with, with some of the young guys that Atkins come through. So yeah, um, Foto Ali, another one. Um, yeah, you know we've, we've mentioned he's looked a bit off the pace. Um, we know how much you love uh, Max Green, G. so I think another one who might who might potentially potentially struggle, yeah. Yeah, then you know you, you you've got to eventually pass the baton
2: from these older guys down to the younger guys, yeah. as you say, Tom. And uh, I think this is this looks like a slight like change in the guard in that respect. Yeah. Uh, those props, there, I, I I doubt really any no. of them will get their contracts renewed, considering the ins that we've got yeah. coming. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and yeah, well. being yeah. Uh, promoted from the academy, so. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, uh, you know, one that's probably perhaps quite, quite uh, could perhaps you know, sneak in there is uh, is Grant. I think Paul Grant might perhaps uh, be able to, to get a contract, but uh, I, I think sure. in, in, yeah. in in his in, in in his respect, he's probably he's probably best off looking elsewhere. But yeah, I, d- I do think for for
1: him, I do I think they've sort of highlighted. Uh, Miles um, Reid, as is, is someone yeah. that is, is a very similar sort of player, can play six and eight, and, and obviously a lot younger than Paul Grant. So I think that sort of looks to be a, a sort of light flight replacement and, and, in the squad. And, and you
0: look at the guys that, that we've signed as well. You mentioned Williams and, and McAnally. And sh- shall I just come on to talk a little bit about position group potential? Mm. Where I think. Um, we may may be a little bit thin sort of going into next season, obviously assuming that these guys don't um don't necessarily get re-signed. And that's in the second row. Mm. And um, you know, if you'd asked me at the start of the season what was our strongest position group, I probably would have said the second row. Obviously, <laughs> Yules, Stuke, Atwood, Charteris, Levi Douglas, who looks good, um, who's coming through. Um now it looks like Charteris is obviously not going to be re-signing. Um and obviously Atwood's going um going to, to to Bristol. So suddenly we're in a situation where we've got really two Um, front line first choice second rows in Stuke and Yules Um, Levi Douglas coming through and then sort of there are a lot of guys who are sort of can play six can play second row Um, Garvey Levi Douglas well no Levi Douglas I would classify as a second row so he's probably one of those three and then after that you've got Ellis, Garvey, mm. um, Williams, McAnally. Um, you know, we, we may even have one uh, front row, second row. If you classify Elliot Stook as a second row <laughs> slash six. So, he uh, certainly uh, like yeah. to think of
2: himself as more of a
0: six, wouldn't he? That's what I think. I, d- I don't know if if uh, Charteris potentially might get re-signed. Otherwise, I think um, we probably should be in the market for, for another um, sort of second row who is actual actually second row second as opposed row, yeah. to sort of yeah. this five slash six yeah well, well, surely you
2: know, in, as, as you'd have it Tom uh, Stuke's going to be start, starting at six this weekend yeah. well, this, well, is it. it's know, this is it this is countable we, prediction
0: you know um, we'll see you on Friday <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not counting I'm not really counting my chickens with that one with uh, Sam Underhill being back as well, um, we'll but, but you never know
1: yeah, yeah I think second row is an interesting one but I think the one um, that all Bath fans are talking about is the fly half position uh, so let's talk about that a little bit guys and Rhys Priestland um, it was announced, well, he announced, uh, I think, perhaps slightly without the club, um, perhaps wanting him to, um, that he was going to be leaving at the end of the season. Uh, and now, and now, so that would leave us with just Freddie Burns as sort of a, a frontline fly half. Um, and Alex Davies, yeah, sorry. And Alex Davies, kicking coach Alex Davies, yeah. And Alex Davies and, Alex yeah. <laughs> and, Alex Davies, and, and Tom De Glanville, obviously in the academy, and, so, and hence we've been linked um, with a number of, of high profile fly halves: Andre Pollard, Aaron Cruden, Gareth Anscombe, even Danny Cipriani for for a little while there. Tom, what would be your sort of preferred solution to that fly half uh, problem? Would it be to keep Priestland, or maybe bring in one of these other guys, or perhaps stick with Burns and De Glanville?
0: Uh, no, I think it's clear that we need we need someone to come in. To be honest, um, yeah, all for Tom's Glanville getting more. Um, sort of more game time but you know I don't want to rush him rush him into it and sort of um, sort of bruise his confidence um, I guess so yeah I think we need someone new I think Priestland would be um, potentially I think he's there as sort of a last resort Um, Mm. sounds harsh but I think we are definitely in the market for one of these one of these big names Um, we mentioned before the Exeter game G just that probably that one position where we are a little bit weak in terms of our first choice 15 um, I think is fly half Um, Burns has sort of not performed as, as we might have hoped Priestland's become first choice and you look at some of the other 10s in the league you look at, for example, what Cipriani's done for Gloucester this season. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, for me, it would be it'd be Andre Pollard, um, as, as we mentioned. Aaron <laughs> Cruden. I haven't watched as much of him of late. Obviously, I know he's a quality player, but he's obviously a bit older um and gareth anscombe again not so sure about him i've never been that impressed when i see him but obviously warren gatland who knows a hell of a lot more about rugby than me does does see something in him so um potentially potentially him don't, don't know uh sort of what you yeah I'm, your ideas, I'm, I'm i'm
2: in the same boat as you uh i think that i uh, i think that andre pollard is, is is definitely the fit uh right for us and then uh, I, I just can't really see Anscombe coming across. I, I think that'd be an awful move. Well one one for him and his, his Wales prospects. I just think that seems a bizarre move. And he's been linked with quite a few English clubs now. I just can't understand that due to the due to the to the Welsh 60 cap rule. But mm. otherwise, yeah, you cruden, it's hard because we don't get as much game tape of him uh because of him playing in France for Montpellier. But uh, you know, in, in years gone by, as you say, quality operator, a backup to, to Dan Carter um and he he would he'll probably be my second on the list but it's 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 quite it's, about,
1: it's confusing. thing about Cruden is that he's, he's not actually out of contract for, for another year, so, so we sort of have to buy him out of his contract, which I, I can't imagine would be a, mm. a very cheap thing to do. So I do think we're slightly at risk here of, of maybe panicking and, and maybe overspending on someone that, that might not be the exact right fit. So so I would just say, I, if, if it doesn't come this season, then perhaps it's best to hold off, maybe keep present, or may, maybe trust sort of Freddie Burns and, mm. and Tom de Glanville and rate, wait until we... Get the exact right man, and he wants to join, and we can sort of spend the money to get our fly half for the next five, five or ten years. I, I, I do think we need to to get this decision bang on, and, and if it isn't going to be this summer, th- th- then 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 wait another year.
0: Yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the speculation will continue. Mm. And, um, and just
1: just the thing on on the glamour before before we sort of wrap this up, guys. And I look at a teams like like Harlequins. Um, when Nick Evans retired they sort of handed the reins over to, to a 20 to 19 year old I think at the time Marcus Smith and, and and now look where they are a couple of seasons later sort of in the top four on the brink of the playoffs. so so I don't I don't think that that's sort of out the question that we that we go into next season maybe
2: with with looking to to develop the Glanville as the the first choice yeah. fly half he's yeah. got a lot of talent I think James uh James Langford quinns mm. as well he's been fantastic and look you, you've seen what uh, Adam Hastings has gone off and done mm. with Glamville. Glasgow and even Scotland. And look look what, what situation we could be if we had held on to him and perhaps given him the reins slightly more from the start of the season. Let him make those, like, those occasional mistakes that the, inevitably these young players will make. But uh, yeah, they, they I think it, they eventually blossom into fantastic players. Mm. Whether that be immediately, like taking like a duck taking to water in the case of Marcus Smith, or perhaps uh, they have a couple of teething issues that uh, that is you know, completely normal for for any player. But uh, mm. the, the problem is, is ten is such a crucial position. Sometimes you can't always afford those the, those errors because they will perhaps cost you games. But I think I, I I'm also I'm, I'm I'm in agreement, Gabriel. I think the De will be definitely a wise option to consider.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that one's gonna rumble on and on until we, uh, till that finally comes to uh, to an end, and, and when we find out what Bath's plans are at the fly half position next season, that just uh, about wraps um, wraps it up. Last thing from us, guys, I'm going to come to, you and I just want one one word from each of you, and that is how many points um, Bath are going to win the clash by on Saturday. Tom, I'll go to you first. I'll
0: go Bath by fifteen, and I'm going to overall points scored. I think it'll be more than fifty. Charlie,
2: more than fifty points. Wow, that, I'm
0: looking forward looking forward to seeing this again. And yeah, I think uh,
2: it's going to be uh, Bath by Bath by sixteen. Yeah. Okay. I
1: think uh, yeah, about that sort of prediction. Um, bath by Bath by seventeen.
2: Um, so so yeah. Yeah. And uh, just one quick point to all of you guys still listening. Uh, if you are interested in getting up to the clash, uh, please send us a, a direct message. Uh, my brother is in fact uh, had to had to drop out. Uh, and we've got two tickets still going, so uh, get in touch with me there, and I'll be tweeting out.
1: Yeah, cool. DM us um, if you do want a ticket. We have a couple uh, spare, as Charlie says. And if you are going to the clash, and um, then please also get in touch with us because me and Tom will be there, and it would be great to meet up with you somewhere before or after the game for a quick pint. Um, so get in touch with us uh, on on Twitter, on Facebook, or on Instagram, um, and, and let us know where you're going to be, so we can uh, sort of get some Bath Rugby plug fans all together. Um, Uh, and have a beer and celebrate what's hopefully going to be a Bath victory. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, We'll be back same time next week to review um, that Bath v Bristol Clash game. Um, Thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and please do uh, tell your mates. Thanks again and and speak soon. Cheers.